Hello, hello, hello everybody, hello and welcome. I'm Dan, your friendly fishmonger at dansfish.com. We do this live stream every Wednesday night at 7 p.m. Mountain Time, that's 9 Eastern. For those of you that are mountain challenged, we did not do it last Wednesday because I was traveling at the uh, Triple Crown Plus One Fish Convention, which I'll tell you a little bit about as we, as we chat along here tonight. Um, we also always do a shipping report. You, we tell you if we've had any, any losses during shipping. We are an online uh, live aquarium fish distributor, <laughs> I guess you'd say. We're a store that sells aquarium fish online. So we work really hard to make sure everyone gets um, fish that are in good shape. And every company out there, since I was a wee tyke, every fish company out there has always said, we have the best fish and our fish always live and we take great care of our fish and they'll get to you alive and all that stuff, right? Everyone says that. But every week we get on here and live in front of the world, in front of our customer base, we tell you how many losses we had. And that way you know we're actually being honest because if we miss one, then any customer at any time in the chat can say, actually, you didn't mention mine or you forgot mine, you know? So it, it keeps us honest. So we like to say that we work really hard to get live healthy aquarium fish to you and that we have very few losses. It's right around 1% losses when we ship to our customers. That includes arriving alive and, uh, and thriving long term. So we count fish arriving alive but also arriving healthy. So if a fish arrives and uh, it's struggling and then it passes away in a few days because it had a rough shipment or something happened, we count that in our in our uh, shipment report as well. So it's not just that it arrived alive, it's that it arrived alive and did well. It arrived in good shape and was healthy and didn't you know just pass on a few days later. Um, one of the things I, I hate about the aquarium fish industry is that as someone that purchases fish from a uh, you know many different suppliers, oftentimes in order to claim a credit or get re reimbursed for any losses, I have to take pictures right when the fish arrived. And um, if the fish's gills are still moving, I can't claim it as a DOA. And there's often times when fish arrive and they're still alive, but they're in really rough shape. And I know in the next day or two, they're going to pass. But it really frustrates me as a customer when I purchase fish when that happens. And I'm like, yeah, well, I can't claim it, but it's it's you know not gonna make it <laughs> so we do that for our customers so if you receive a fish and it's in rough shape or not doing well and passes on a little later due to uh, something that happened in shipping uh, due to it arriving stressed out or whatever then we take care of that as well it's not just arrive alive it's arrive alive and in good shape so we do that shipping report. I'm gonna tell you about the Triple Crown. I'm gonna tell you about memberships. Memberships are finally alive here at dansfish.com. And I'll get into all that and why we didn't do it for so long and why we're doing it now. Um, and we have an awesome giveaway to tell you about. Once we're through all that schmaz, then we will uh, open it up to questions and comments. So that is the docket for the day. So let's start with the shipping report. Now this is for two weeks. I did not stream Wednesday of last week because I was on an airplane at the time, traveling to Louisville for the fish convention. Hey, we just got our very, very, very first member, Curl Kitty 08 Thank you so much. That's awesome. First one! 
<laughs> one to be remembered by. Um, anyway, I was traveling. So this shipment report is for two weeks. And I do want to place a caveat on here that while I was traveling, I did not have my computer with me. I just had my phone. And it's very difficult to enter. Uh, we keep track of the shipping losses on, on, a, on a spreadsheet. And it's very hard to, to work a spreadsheet on my phone. So it is possible that if someone uh, told me about a loss while I was on the road, that I might not have recorded it correctly. So if that happened, call me out if I missed you. But here's what we have since last Wednesday. So I'm including uh, 7.20 Wednesday two weeks ago because I can't remember if this claim was made after the stream or before the stream. But on, on the 20th of last month, there was one Cardinal Tetra that was lost. On the 25th, there was one Hillstream Loach. And then over the last couple days, there's been two Melanotania Kalitawa. And there's a customer that has some Melanotania Kalitawa that they got from us that we're a little concerned about and we're keeping an eye on. And one of them has a messed up jaw. I don't know if during shipping it like, you know, swam in against the bag or, or something happened that affected its jaw. But as far as I know, in the last two weeks, we've had four issues. So if I forgot you, well, if you reported it and I forgot you, <laughs> call me out here live in the chat. Give me a reminder. Um, if you didn't report it, then please send me an email, dan at dancefish.com. Um, or actually nowadays it's hello at dancefish.com, H-E-L-L-O at dancefish.com. So we can get that all recorded. We, we really like to keep track of this stuff. It helps us because, first of all, we can take care of you, the customer, but also if there's a group of fish that we're sending out and there's multiple instances of them not doing well for the customer, then, then it's a clue to us, right? It's helpful information to know, hey, this group might have something wrong with it that we can't see, but that the stress of, of shipping will reveal. And so it helps us take care of our fish properly on our end. So we look at this as a team effort. Um, you're part of the team and together we're trying to get the fish to you healthy and happy. And so we, we appreciate all the feedback. We really do. Please don't ever hesitate to tell us when something goes right, of course, because that makes the team's day, right? That's what we live for. But also if something goes wrong, please do reach out. Hello at dancefish.com and uh, let us know so that we can be aware of it and take care of you. Anyway, that's the shipping report. Um, the good news is, so only four in the last couple weeks and we are uh, shipping way more than ever before. We've, we've just about increased our sales by our, our biggest month ever. This last month we increased by, we almost doubled it, really close to doubling it. So. Not only did we only have four losses, but that's out of many, 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 many fish, almost twice as many as we've ever done before in, in a 30-day period. So it's going really well. Um, it's a lot of work. We're all very tired, but we're happy. Okay, let's get to the giveaway, and then I'll talk about memberships, and then I'm going to tell you some, some highlights from the uh, Triple Crown. And holy cow, thanks to all the members, people are, well, people are doing it. Xanadu, Peplin Creek, Wichita, Falls Fishkeeper, Gary Williams, Spoiled Sushi. <laughs> I like it, Spoiled Sushi. Hasty 10, Geek Boy. There's some folks here that, I mean, must be lurkers. 
because they're names I don't necessarily recognize. Bentley Pasco, hey Bentley, hope you're doing okay. Mitchell Broom, hey Mitchell. Jeff Kane and not Stephen P. 2003 Aquartics. <laughs> hey Stephen and Justin Moeller. Thanks everybody. That's that's amazing. Wow, it's really it's really moving. Swamp thing. All right. Well, I'm not going to sit here and just read names all day. That would make for a boring stream. But thank you, thank you, thank you, everybody. I appreciate it. So, to the giveaway. Here's the fish we're giving away tonight. I wanted to do this because I think that a lot of people don't know about this fish. It's a beautiful, tiny dwarf cichlid, uh, a lot like an epistogramma, even smaller than a lot of the epistogrammas. And I have enjoyed keeping them. I've had them now in my life for, oh, I don't know, six months, different groups that we've got in over the last half year, eight months, something like that. And I'm really enjoying them. This is our picture. This is a picture of a fish here at Dan's Fish that we took with our very own camera. I think we sold this one by now, but they are a fantastic, beautiful little dwarf cichlid. This is a male. It's another male. This is a female, just to show you the difference. Very little color in the fins. Uh, not always easy to sex because sometimes the subdominant males look a lot like females. Here's another male. Another male, just a close-up of the face. So this is a, a tiny little dwarf cichlid. Now, even though they're small, they're fairly aggressive only among themselves. Males will fight, but we've been very successful at keeping groups together even with multiple males uh, as long as we have lots of hiding spots. A thick clump of java moss that, that covers maybe a, I don't know, a quarter of the bottom, lots of little PVC pipes and stuff like that, just lots of hardscape and structure, and then somewhere where there's a bunch of dense plants. As long as that's in there, then everyone seems to get along okay. So uh, they do have a reputation for being the males really aggressive to each other. And I suppose if you had a small tank and only like two males, that that, that might be a problem. But in a group, they seem to be doing really well. And we've had some of these long term. So, and by long term, I mean, there's some of these that I've been keeping for, I mean, most of them not, but there's a few that I've just been keeping for personal reasons for, I don't know, six months or so, something like that. And they're all getting along famously. So um, the ones that are for sale are, are about right around an inch, maybe, maybe a little smaller, maybe a little bigger. Um, really hard to sex at this size. These guys are a little persnickety when it comes to food. They will eat live food and frozen food, and they will also eat, like if we put in like a, a sinking pellet, they'll eat it over time. They aren't super enthusiastic about it, but by the end of the day, it is gone. So they will eat, like, if, if I put in a, a Hikari Massive or Delight pellet or something like that, uh, they'll eat it, the tank will eat it over the course of a few hours. But they aren't gung-ho about flake food and things like that, but they will learn to eat it. They're just a little, I don't know, a little fancy. <laughs> They're a little fancy. <laughs> um, so the giveaway for these is we'll send you at least three, which should get you started. We'll, we'll try our best to get you at least one male and female. We, we don't always know. Uh, subdominant males are really hard to tell. Often they, they well, they mimic females, <laughs> so, so they're hard to tell. But 
that's what the giveaway is for tonight. The scientific name of these guys is like Tiania Cara, this, this right here. But I always say it Tiania Cara and it's Candidi. So to me, it always reminds me of like tiny candy, like a tiny piece of brilliantly colored candy. So if you'd like to enter win the, to win these, it's hashtag tiny candy. Hashtag T-I-N-Y-C-A-N-D-Y. If you just put a comment in there and uh, enter in the chat, enter that in the chat, then you'll be entered to win. We'll draw that a little later. Hashtag T-I-N-Y-C-A-N-D-Y. Because they remind me of Tiny Candy. Tiny Akara Candidi, right? Oh, it's just kind of fun. Well, I'm going to shout out some more members. Thanks, folks. We've got Justin Moeller. Oh, we already did that in Swamp Thing. Paul Soltero. Hey, Paul. It was a pleasure to meet you at the Triple Crown. Mike Black. Bow wow. Kelly Foreman. Hello, Kelly. Hoon Aquatics. And Richard Volman. Hopefully I said that right. Thanks, folks, for joining up. Really appreciate it. Oh, I'm showing that screen. <laughs> because I'm so great at my job. Okay. Going to talk about memberships now and why I haven't done them and why I decided to do them now. So the reason I've been uh, reticent to make memberships go live is I haven't felt like I had any value to offer just to members. Um, people have asked over lots of times, I, I, it's a question I get frequently in email or in the chat, when's memberships, what do members get, when are you, are you going to do memberships and all that. I just didn't feel right about doing it until I had something to offer. And I knew I didn't have time to make uh, like specialized videos for members, extra content for members and things like that because I've been building this. <laughs> this has taken like all my focus, all my energy for the last really couple years getting it planned and built. And so just, just didn't feel like I could add any value. But we have a plan now. And the plan is, is basically to give members first pick of new fish that come into dancefish.com. So we, we have an issue here at Dancefish, which is often we can get some really cool stuff in, often in limited numbers, but we can get stuff in that often folks have never heard of, haven't seen before, or saw once in a magazine years and years ago, but have never seen them live. Like that's, we, we try to, we have bread and butter stuff, right? We have all kinds of fish, but we try to get some really cool, rare, uh, fishing from time to time. And when we do that, they usually sell out very quickly. I can't tell you the number of disappointed people at the Triple Crown that wanted to buy Kalitawa after the talk <laughs> that was given there about collecting Kalitawa and some other fish uh, because they just sold out so quick. Um, so when we get, for example, Amazon puffers, they tend to sell out immediately. When we get uh, rare rainbow fish, they sell it very quickly. Congo spotted puffers, the red-eyed red-tail puffers, but I'm, I'm talking about a lot of puffers, but that's not the only ones. Uh, Stiffidon rutilarius and Stiffidon annie often sell very quickly. So there's lots of fish that we get that people are disappointed because they go to buy them and they're already gone. So we thought, wouldn't it be cool for the members if, if we get a fish in that we haven't had for a while or that's new and exciting that for the first 12 hours or so after it's listed, they're the only ones that can see it and buy it. So that's just a way that we can add value to memberships without having to create 
the time, take time that I simply don't have to create extra content. So that's number one. Number two, kind of going in hand in hand with that is when we do make videos showing new content, new content, new items, new, new fish. Um, and go around and show you the new fish that are for sale at that time. Members will be the first one to see those as well, those videos. Not all videos, but the ones where it's like, let's show you the fish that just became available for sale. So we feel like that that's a perk that we can handle and that hopefully will be of actual value to members. Um, and I, I know lots of people have told me, you don't have to give me any value. I'm, you know, I, I've been watching you for years or I've learned stuff or I just like the stream, it's fun, or I like your videos, you know, stuff like that. But, but I don't feel right about charging money for something extra unless I give something a little extra. So, so that's the deal. I, I hope that's of value to you. Um, I hope that that's something that people will find interesting and, and worth it. But that's what we've thought up. So it's not live yet because you you don't have access to YouTube's API to build that functionality until you've got memberships going. So we just did that today because Jonathan's done everything he can uh, without access to the API to prepare to build this for members. And uh, we had to launch this to get the API so that we can start coding uh, this functionality for members. Now, just just a little um, something that's coming up. We're very lucky. We have been able to get our hands on a fish that I've been looking for for a long time. This is one that I've been wanting to get in for literally years. And it's this one. Um, this is Microphysogobia. Gobio, they call it the Sailfin Purple Gudgeon. To me, it looks a lot more like a Gara than a Gudgeon. But it's a beautiful fish. Amazonas Magazine, uh, it was on the cover of Amazonas Magazine uh, a few months ago, maybe a year ago now. And we got a group in. They look fantastic. They just arrived. They arrived Monday night. So, you know, they haven't gone through quarantine yet or anything, but they look great. They're eating well. They appear to be doing really well. Now, hopefully we can get the um, code done for members before these go live for sale in two weeks. Um, but if not, it'll be the next great fish that we get in. But, but this is an example of the kind of thing that, that we occasionally are able to get our hands on and that's going to sell out super quickly. And so I feel like it does add value to the members if they can get a, a, you know, a 12 hour head start and be able to make their purchases uh, before the general public. So I'm super excited to have that fish in. Again, um, fingers crossed, you know, it could be that in the next two weeks things go horribly and we lose them all. I mean, I don't think so, but, but you know, <laughs> nature is nature. And when you try to play God, sometimes you lose. But um, I think that they're, uh, I think they're gonna do well. Every indication is that it's a nice solid batch. And if you've been following me over the years, you've, you've seen when we've got stuff in that's hard to get a hold of or and things like that. So, so that's, what, that's what we're doing. We have a bunch more people that came in. Thanks so much. Um, 
Mick S77, Skipper's Aquariums. It is great to meet you in person, Skipper. Lady Diane, you as well. Chris George, Candy Overholes, Candy. Thank you. Candy, I miss you. I hope, well, I, I, I hear you're doing fantastic. So I'm glad you're doing well, but we miss you over here. I hope one day you come out and you get to see this, uh, this setup we've done. Dragon Lair, Ron Rivas, Rockin' Fish. Hey, Dave, it was great to hang out with you last week. Rick May and Mountaintop Puffer Keeper. Thanks, folks. That's amazing. Thank you so much for becoming members. Um, okay, so now I want to switch gears and talk a little bit about the Triple Crown. And just to give you a taste, here's my calendar for the Triple Crown. So these, all these colored highlighted entries are different talks that you could attend. And this is only some of them. These are only the ones I was most interested in. There were a whole bunch that didn't even make it onto my calendar. And as you can see, there were times when there were one, two, three talks going all at once. There was a talk about libraries, there was a talk about killifish, and there was a talk about cichlids. So it was a busy event. There was so much to learn. And then here was Saturday, same thing. Look at all these, they give us a little break here. Whew, thank goodness. <laughs> but. There was so much information there from all kinds of speakers on all kinds of fish. I got to um, reacquaint myself with Lee Newman, who's uh, the curator of tropical fishes, freshwater fish, at the uh, Vancouver Aquarium. Hadn't seen him in years. And be because of that, I'm able to get some of the cichlids that I'm trying to figure out what they are better identified. So not only was it awesome talks where I learned a lot of things, but also just was able to hang out with some real experts, not just in the hobby, but like in the field in science. Uh, Lee Newman's published many, many articles. I also got to uh, have dinner with Dr. Paul Loisel and pick his brain forever. He's uh, the uh, curator emeritus of the New York Aquarium. Um, and, and lots of people like that. Those aren't the only two. There was lots of times I got to sit down with an expert and spend real time with them one-on-one -on -one or in a very small group and get some good information, things I've been wondering about for a long time. I was able to have a, a conversation with Sandy Moore, at, uh, the CEO of Seagrist, and get some clarification on the tropical fish market in the United States. I have some information about the market, like, but there aren't a lot of, there's not a lot of information out there about it. There's a study, a survey, which is done occasionally, which gets you some information about what's going on in the industry, but it doesn't break things down very, to a granular level. It, um, it kind of lumps small animals together. Or if it does have any fish on it, it lumps them all together. Freshwater fish, marine fish, live and dry goods, like all together. And since what I'm doing is just live freshwater aquarium fish, that wasn't very useful. But um, Sandy was able to get me some information because she knows what their freshwater aquarium fish sales are. And she knows what seagrass penetration in the market is. So based on what she knows, she was able to give me... Uh, what I would consider a, a fairly accurate estimate or guesstimate, it's not to the number, but a, a better idea of what my market is and some key 
metrics about it that are going to help me uh, as I run this business. So that was really cool. But I had I had four main goals going into this convention. One, I wanted to learn, and I learned a ton. I I was in presentations and lectures all day, every day. If there was a presentation going on, I was there, basically. I couldn't get to them all because they overlapped, <laughs> but I, I learned a lot. I was able to talk to um, the world's expert in Thorichthys, fire mouths, and get some clarification on some of the fire mouse species I have and how they should be labeled. Um, turns out that Thorichthys eleodi and Macolopinus are now the same species, and I knew that, but what I didn't know is if I should still keep them separate if they were separate populations with different color and things like that. So I was able to, to ask the world's expert in Thorichthys about that and get clarification on that. Uh, turns out, in his opinion, there's no difference and I should just call them all Macalpinus and sell them. So, um, but, but that was good to get clarification on. Anyway, I learned a ton. So check, got that done. Number two was I wanted to meet with you guys. I wanted to get to know of folks that I only know their username. I wanted to meet people that I have only seen via the internet and got, got that done too. Whenever there was time between talks, um, I would be able to meet with and get to know you guys. And that was an absolute pleasure. Uh, thanks for the pleasure of your company, everybody. It was, it was fantastic to meet you. And I, I, if, if I missed anyone, I'm so sorry, but, uh, if you came up to me, <laughs> then I knew who you were, but it was I, if you didn't come up to me, I, I don't know who you are, right? I just know your username and maybe uh, your avatar. Anyway, so but that was fun. Number three was I wanted to find some sources uh, where I could get fish from. So I, I found a few of those. I found someone that breeds electric blue jack Dempsey's, which is pretty cool because when you import those, it can be a little sketchy. So this is a local hobbyist breeder here in the United States who's focused on breeding them and has a setup dedicated to them. And so that was really cool. And there were, there were several other people in that category. I, I, found, I was able to meet um, an angelfish breed, angelfish, I always do that. What is with rainbowfish and angelfish getting mixed up in my head? In a rainbowfish breeder who has some species that I don't have access to anywhere else and so I'm looking forward to reaching out to them and, uh, and seeing if we can do something. I was also able to find, I, I was able to chat with Leo from Australia. Uh, what's, what's Leo's last name? Leo O'Reilly, um, who is the world's authority on Radnocentris. And Marcel and he gave a talk together. Oh, I got to hang out with Marcel, which was great. I've, I've bought fish from Marcel in the past. and. Um, I, I've known of Marcel and communicated with Marcel, but I got to meet him, which was great. We shared a meal together. But Leo from Australia um, was able to look into things for me, and it might be possible. There's no promises. There's still a long road to go, and I don't know if it'll pan out, but is willing to look into the possibility of helping me get some fish exported out of Australia. So that would be really awesome if that pans out. It, I, would, I would say it's like, 30, 70, a 30% possibility. I, it's rough getting stuff from Australia, but at least I've got another angle I can, I can pursue. Um, so several instances of things like that where I found ways to source more fish. So, so check that, right? Learned a lot, check. 
met a bunch of you guys, check. Uh, found sources for new sources for fish, check. And then the last one was, I was hoping to find someone to hire. We need to hire two positions here at Dance Fish. One is our content creator, our, our version of Aquarium Co-op's Jimmy, if you will. <laughs> someone who can help us create video and um, content for social media posts, help with our newsletter, which you might have noticed has not come out for a couple months just because I've been swamped. Um, all, all those kinds of things. So that person and the other one is someone to help our chief of operations. Our chief fish happiness officer is Mandy. We released a video a little while ago introducing Mandy and, and sharing about the job. So if you haven't seen it, it's on our YouTube channel. I think it's called Dance Fish's Hiring. <laughs> it's ad free. <laughs> um, but we are we're looking for someone to help us. Basically that position work, reports to Mandy and works to help us feed the fish, care for the fish, um, maintain the aquariums, helps us ship the fish in such a way that they get to our customers in good shape. Uh, just, just helps the team maintain all these fish because it's a lot and we need help. So those are the two positions we're looking for. So if you're interested, please send an email to dan at dancefish.com. I would be very interested in receiving a, co a cover letter and resume. And don't wait too long because I'm going to start setting up our first interviews for later this week. We have some folks that, uh, that we're going to start talking to already. So um, we're going to move kind of quickly on this just because we, we need the help. So anyway, I did not find that person. I did have some talks with some people and there is, is one person I talked to who was very interested and I would love it if it could work out, but they have so many commitments where they're at. Uh, with family and and uh, you know stuff that it 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 makes it really hard. But if it did pan out, I would be absolutely thrilled. So there's a couple possibilities uh, there that I would be very excited about. But but due to life, I don't think they'll pan out. So we're we're looking for more applicants, more people that would be interested. So please do send me your resume, send me your cover letter. Um, yeah, we can use the help. Now, just so everyone knows, this does, this is an on-site position. I don't know how you take, <laughs> we did have some people ask if they could do it like, like via Zoom. And I'm like, I don't know how you're gonna feed the fish over Zoom. <laughs> like if it could be a distance position, it's not. It's an in-house position. So you would need to be willing to either move here or already be here in Sheridan, Wyoming. Beautiful little town, a lot to say for it. But uh, yeah, just want to put that up front so that we don't get in a position where someone's all excited and then finds out it's not a distance position or work from home position. Anyway, so three out of four ain't bad. Got the first three things checked off and uh, still looking for uh, an employee, someone to help us take care of these fish and someone to help us create content. Two separate positions. I think... Oh, I got some cool swag at the Triple Crown Plus One. And I say plus one because the Rainbow Fish guys joined up later. <laughs> it, it was just going to be cichlids, the ACA cichlids, the AKA, which is killifish, and the ALA, which is live bears. But then later, ANGFA, which is the Rainbow Fish folks, joined in. So it's Triple Crown Plus One. <laughs> triple Crown and a bonus. Um, we... Something that was really fun is we, we donated three pairs of Melanotanium Marisay to ANGFA and 
Johannes Graf gave a talk about going and collecting Melanotania marisae, and then they auctioned those three pairs immediately after that talk. And uh, I felt good because we raised, I think, about $425 for ANCFA through those auctions. So thanks to everyone that bid, bid on those and bid high to support the club. That's what it's about. Those auctions are about supporting the organization. So I, I, you did a good job. Everyone was happy. So thank you. All right. That's about what I've got. That's what's going on in my neck of the woods. Let's find out what's going on with you guys. So if you wouldn't mind leaving a question or comment, when you do so... If you would type the at symbol dance fish no spaces, you'll see an option pop up on your computer where you can click dance fish, and then it turns bright orange for me. See these bright orange boxes in chat? That's what I look for when I'm scrolling through the chat looking for something to uh, respond to. If it's not highlighted in bright orange, I assume that it's just, you're just having fun talking amongst yourselves in chat and that it's not directed at me. So that's how I... Uh, that's how I manage the chat, just if you're new, so that you know that. Uh, before we do that, I want to thank my moderators for being here and for moderating. Uh, they're volunteers, guys. They come here every week. They, for free, give their time, not just here, but in lots of streams. But they come here and they make the, the chat work. And uh, without them, it would be uh, too much for me. I couldn't, <laughs> I couldn't get rid of all the stuff that shouldn't be in the chat. Like, we get... We get some bots sometimes, and it ain't purdy, but they take care of all that. So thank you to my moderators. I, I really, really appreciate what you're doing. Um, looks like we've got a few more here. Uh, shout out to new members. I think I already got Mountaintop Puffer Keeper. Thanks, Kelly Foreman, for the super chat. Uh, Woohoo! Memberships. Yep, we've got them. We've got them. Orange Cones, thank you. Land Giraffe. Jennifer Weaver and Lefty3213A. It was good to meet you, Lefty. Um, thanks for joining up. We very, very much appreciate it. Supreme Gecko, all those orange buckets, manual water changes? Yes, that's why I'm so buff. Carrying five gallon buckets of water around day after day after day. <laughs> all right, let me wet my whistle and then I'm gonna uh, scroll through chat here that so mike stamba mike i'm i'm gonna catch i'm gonna uh connect with you I'm, I'm excited about some of the fish you have so um it's been a so let me tell you about this so i got back so i traveled back monday and got back monday about 10 30 p.m here got a little bit of dinner and then at 1.30 a.m. that night the uh, the import arrived with those amazing uh, sailfin purple sailfin gudgeons and a bunch of other cool stuff we'll show you so Monday I got in late and then was up all night uh, taking care of the new import and if you've ever I mean anyone that's traveled right so after a week-long trip and then flying back, you're already tired. And then having to pull an all-nighter right then just to take care of the fish. Let's just say that I, I haven't been in, in, it's been all I can do the last couple days to keep up with what's going on here, get that import taken care of, get, we're doing almost double the, we're doing almost double our busiest sales ever in our history. And so we also have to take care of the fish and ship all the fish 
it's it's been very very busy but I Mike I'm gonna get a hold of you because I'm really interested in talking to you and I I asked Johannes Graf about Chilothrina um, centeniensis and he said that there's a couple kinds in Germany one is not centeniensis and one is so there's there's some some possibility there that I'd like to discuss with you go over with you what he told me so anyway I will get a hold of you and I'm sorry I didn't see you again I was looking for you but uh, it was a busy convention and our our paths just didn't cross again okay so looking for question or comment mountaintop puffer keeper I may upgrade the puffer palace with PVC sheet and acrylic tanks just stumbled into that um, PVC sheet in acrylic tanks. Oh, okay. Yeah. I'm just curious what the advantage over the glass would be. Is it just you like the, the look of it, or, or what would be the, the reason for changing that? Scuba Stevo's Aquatics. Need some yellow labs. So my mind immediately goes to dogs. I'm like, instead of chocolate or black labs? <laughs> Yeah, I, I think we're going to stay away from Mabuna for a while. Um, eventually, maybe we'll get some Rift Lake Cichlids, but probably not till we uh, expand and, and build the next, uh, the phase two of this warehouse. This is just phase one. We have big plans. Jenny Lynn, it was wonderful to finally get to meet you at the Triple Crown. Super fun time. You as well and everyone else. Thanks for, thanks for your company. Everyone, yeah, I, that's why we call it the Fish Fam. It was great to be with you all. Paul Soltero, I think everyone had a great time at the convention, and as the bonus, the fish stuff was good too. <laughs> oh, something I didn't do much of, but that was definitely a possibility for those that were interested, was there were so many auctions and fish swaps and neat fish available. Uh, and so, man, people found all kinds of cool stuff, often at bargain prices. Not always. There was some stuff that went really very very pricey very expensive for example there were some rare libraries that went for I think over 300 bucks which is great so I learned something about libraries I learned lots of things about libraries but one thing I learned from uh, Mitchie what's 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 Mitchie's last name let me look here real quick is it Tobler Hang on, I want to get this guy's name right. Yeah, Mitchie Tobler is a uh, professor at uh, Kansas. I think he's at the University of Kansas. He's an expert in libraries. Uh, Mexico, Central America, that whole region, libraries, cichlids, things like that. That's what he does, but he does lots of libraries. And I didn't know something. I knew that in northern Mexico, there are blind cave tetras. I did not know that in southern Mexico there are blind cave mollies. And there's also mollies that live in sulfur springs, like places no fish should be able to survive. Um, I just had no clue that there were, I mean, maybe everyone else knows and I was just ignorant, but to me it was a great revelation. There are blind cave mollies in sulfur spring, like living in green, yellow, nasty water that you'd probably die if you drank it. Uh, that have adapted to that too. Really cool. So if you think of like the extreme conditions that a lot of pupfish and aphanius and things like that have 
have adapted to, some of the killifish. Libraries, it looks like, have done a lot of the same thing, and I was just unaware. So anyway, there were some of those really rare, um, I think it was some of the sulfur mollies that auctioned. They're super rare, hard to get, and I think those might be the ones that went for, uh, for high dollar value. Dave Jones, thanks for joining up. Bex Fisherman, hey Bex, thanks for being here, and sorry we missed you. Hope you got our little, the little video that we sent you. <laughs> and, and hope you took in the spirit in which it was meant. So Bex couldn't make it, so I did a, a little video uh, kind of rubbing it in. <laughs> Sorry about that. It was just uh, too good not to. Um, all right. So back to chats here. Scuba Stevo's Aquatics. What's the starting pace? So Scuba Stevo, if you would email me, I'll tell you. I, I was going to announce it live, but then I thought it might be weird to tell everyone publicly um, what the position is going to start at because then if someone here in the chat that we know gets the job you'll know what they're making and is that a little too personal like maybe that's information they wouldn't want the general public to know so I will I will tell you if you send me an email I'll let you know what the pay is it's not a lot but it's more than I make you'll literally be making more than I make dragon layer I'm too dang old to move across the country. Are you though? You've heard of airplanes, right? Come on, Dragon Lair. <laughs> I hear you, Dragon Lair. I, I mean, I get it. It's not a position that everyone's gonna be able to do. I, I totally understand. Just, Dragon Lair, get a stick, get a cloth, wrap your belongings in the cloth, tie into the stick, get on the freeway and give them, do the old thumb up, right? You'll get here eventually. <laughs> Mountaintop Puffer Keeper, we have a hard time finding applicants that will work on site. That's a crazy COVID re residual. Yeah, yep, I've noticed that too. Since, uh, since COVID started, I think I've heard all around that it's harder to find folks to work. I think though, I think that my company's a little different. I think what we're doing is exciting to people. I think that the mission is exciting to people. So, I feel like uh, I feel like people that would want to do it would want to do it no matter what, pre-COVID, post-COVID. I, I think that's the case. Gina Zarif, opening line. Hey, do you have a mortgage? Want to come work for me? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's too true. So when I would pe meet people at the convention, I would... I would I was I was hunting so I was like we're hiring do you have a mortgage or are you free to come work for me <laughs> it's the way I met a lot of people hey do you have a mortgage yeah okay but to tell you the truth though um, there's people that do work here that have sold their homes and moved here and are working for us um, so people people will do it if it's uh, if they want the job bad enough Live feeding ASMR. Do you sell L Force 46 Zebra Plecos? We do, but we don't have any right now. So we were gonna have some. Uh, I think we had like a hundred or something like that coming in. But L46 is a Cydes species. And that particular uh, breeder that we were gonna get them from is from Indonesia. And in Indonesia, they recently changed the organization who is uh, 
in charge of issuing CITES permits. You can't import L46 plecos without a CITES permit. So, excuse me. So it would be so it would be like in the United States right now. U.S. Fish and Wildlife is in charge of CITES permits, but what if that shifted to the Department of Agriculture? Right, that's the kind of thing that happened. The government entity that was issuing the permits no longer does it, and a new entity just started with that responsibility. And that transition wasn't going smoothly, and the new organization was taking a long time to get up and running and start issuing the permits. So we waited for. I don't think it's an exaggeration to say that we waited for like six weeks waiting on those permits. And when they hadn't come within six weeks, I just said, okay, remove the 46s from the order and, and send me the rest of the stuff because, you know, I couldn't, I couldn't wait a year. <laughs> so I will hopefully bring in more L46 zebras. But, you know, sometimes you're at the government's uh, mercy when you're trying to do that kind of stuff. The other thing is, when you do import a CITES fish like the L46, it, it, everything takes longer. So when you do that, U.S. Fish and Wildlife has more steps they have to go through when they inspect your incoming import, and it delays things, and it, if the right person isn't there, you've got to wait for them, and there's, there's all these complications that result. Anytime you result one extra factor, you introduce one extra factor into a process, it results in multiple complications, right? So. Sometimes it's better just to not bring in the 46s so you can make sure that, uh, that nothing's delayed and everything goes smoothly. But I do plan to bring them in again, yes. Skipper's Aquariums, it was a pleasure to finally meet you. Right back at you, likewise. Supreme Gecko, all those orange buckets, manual water changes, yes. And Popeye the Sailor Man. <laughs> that would be quite the workout, let me tell you what. Chevy Fish, thank you for um, posting the link to the Teespring. It was amazing to see how many people were wearing Dan's Fish t-shirts that said hashtag breeding is pleasure across the top. That, that uh, warmed the heart. Richard Reynolds, it was great to meet you. You as well. Like there wasn't anyone that I met that I wasn't happy that I met. Like everyone was fantastic. Ginger Coats will work for fish. <laughs> we can do a little better than that, Ginger. <laughs> All right, hang on. I'm scrolling up because chat jumped again. Okay, here we go. Just caught up to it. Oh, almost. Oh, almost. Hang on. Chat jumped again. There we go. Rocky and Miles. I missed some info on the cichlids. What's the minimum tank size? I have a 20 with tetras and razabores. Thanks. Oh, they're very small. They're going to stay... I mean, with the tail extensions and stuff, maybe around two inches would be a big one. So they don't need a ton of space. And tetras and rasboras, I think they would do fine with, provided the tetras and rasboras don't beat them to the food every time because uh, little tiny cichlids take a little longer to feed than kerosens and cyprinids. Jay, my CW140s I purchased from you last week are already spawning. Goal! It's going to be a short goal just because I've been exhausted and I don't want to, like, you know, tear my throat apart. If I was well-rested, that would have been a golazo. <laughs> we would all be plugging our ears right now. That's amazing, Jay. The CW140s uh, are a, uh, 
a very rare Corydoras, so good on you. It's amazing. Good job. Maria Z, throwing down the goal. Okay, Maria took care of it for me. Throwing down the 1999 goal for you, Jay. <laughs> Thanks, Maria. <laughs> Just a moment. All right. Bow wow, will you buy Johnny at Dan's Fish lunch since he worked past his lunch to show me the place? My fault, I was early. Hey Bow wow, thanks for coming out. And is it true I, I heard that maybe you were successful at breeding those fish? If that's true, congratulations. Yeah, I mean Johnny came to lunch later. He got his lunch. Live feeding ASMR. Do you okay I already got that one? Hoon Aquatics! Great to see you, Hoon. I hope you're doing really well. Centeniensis is an extremely controversial fish. If you need any more documented research online, let me know. Johannes is the man, though. Yeah, so Johannes actually has some that he's introduced. And so um, if we can trace the, uh, the background of the fish to that, then we'll know. And there's also, he, he showed me the difference in the second dorsal. It's shorter, and there's a different soft fin rate count then uh, Fascot, uh, uh, <laughs> what's the other one, Fasciatus? Jeez, so, but, but thanks, Hoon. Uh, Johanna sent me straight, though. He sent me straight on that fish, so. And I, I know it's controversial, and the reason I know that is I bought some Chilothrina centeniensis from a very reputable dealer and uh, listed them for sale. And there was a division in the rainbow community, like immediately. Some people were like, those are great. And other people were like, there's no way that's Centeniensis. And it just, it was this whole hullabaloo. And I haven't sold them since. I just, I don't want to be, I have a zero drama policy in my life. I don't have, I don't have time for drama. I don't want to cause drama. Uh, I have no interest in drama. Unless it's on the stage, behind the curtain, and in front of an audience. You know, that, that's, that's when the drama's appropriate. But besides that, I don't want it. So since that time, I haven't sold that fish. But if I can find a source um, where the provenance is known well enough or we can verify based on the second dorsal and things like that, then that's a fish I would love to be able to distribute. So talking to Johannes, there's this, let me show people this fish. This is an amazing fish, and there's a story behind it. Chilotherina centeniensis. This is why everyone wants that fish. Look at this thing. It's, it's beautiful red fish with the bars on it. Absolutely stunning, stunning Chilotherina. Now the story behind it is, it is it comes from Lake Centani. That's where it gets its name. But the truth is it doesn't come from the lake. Um, what Johannes told me is that where it comes from is a, a, a stream that flows to the lake in between the lake in like part of the stream is above a waterfall. So Centeniensis is found in this stream or maybe called a river, I don't know, flowing body of water above a waterfall. They've never found it in the lake itself. It's in this stream that was separated by this geological feature. So it, so it is not crossbreeding with the uh, Fasciatus that are down in the lake. So there's Chilotherina Fasciatus in the lake, and there's Centeniensis above a waterfall in the stream that flows to the lake. Unfortunately, there is a mining operation 
that um, uses that stream above the waterfall and has absolutely destroyed it. It's toxic now. Uh, Johannes says there is, he, he thinks there's no way that that fish is alive in nature anymore. That, that stream has been absolutely destroyed. So, this is a fish which is amazing, that everybody wants, and that no one can get, and that is extinct in the wild as far as we know. So I really want to get a hold of some um, aquarium bred ones and try to distribute them and see if we can't get a viable, pure, robust population of them going in the United States, or in the world for that matter. And not only save this fish, but be able to enjoy this fish. Look at this thing. Like, who wouldn't want this in their aquariums? It's, it's a fantastic kind of holy grail fish for a lot of people. So, but yeah, it's, it's a sad story though. You know, got some mining activity and in that part of the world, they don't necessarily uh, concern themselves with uh, taking care of the environment around the industry. Wendy, looking for Corridors Histatus. Are they threatened or hard to source? Dan's fish, Hummer Tetris, still doing well. Oh, I'm glad to hear that the uh, little Tetras are doing well. For those that don't know those, uh, that's Odontocaricidium, and uh, I forget the name of it. It's a little red hummingbird Tetras. Little tiny nano fish, like a Caricidium type, like a darter Tetra. Um, so Histatus, I don't know, Wendy. I've ordered them several times. They've never shown up. So... I'll keep trying, but so far, no dice. Curl Kitty 8 I have the dreaded black beard in my 20-gallon pea puffer tank. If a 50-water change and scrub it off the decker, will that take it off? Uh, it will temporarily, yes. You know, if with black beard, take off what you can. I'm trying to think with pea puffers what you could do. I'd say like a mono shrimp, but the pea puffers would think... Would, might, might think that they're nice and tasty. I don't know if they'd bother a Siamese algae eater. Those will eat Blackbeard in my experience. I mean, snails, you've got puffers. <laughs> little, it's a little hard with puffers in the tank because they eat the typical algae eaters that I would recommend. But yeah, I guess your option is to manually do it. Get it down as far as you can. Uh, maybe do some hydrogen peroxide application on bits that you can't pull out. I've never tried that, but lots and lots of people tell me a little hydrogen peroxide can take care of it. I don't know the details about how to do that without harming the fish, but I know people do it. And then the other thing, I guess my best suggestion, Curl Kitty 8 would be get yourself a really fast-growing floating plant. Uh, in my experience, water sprite is amazing and can outcompete a lot of algae. So if you can find some water sprite or, I mean, it doesn't have to be that one, any fast growing plant would do it, but any fast growing plant that floats would be great because it would block light to the blackbeard. So not only would it, so these plants that grow really fast, they absorb nitrogenous waste really quickly. And once they get going, they can outcompete a lot of algaes. So that's why I think a fast growing plant might be the better option for you since all the critters that we would normally use will probably get hammered by your puffers. So yeah, if you can find some water sprite, I think that would take care of it for you. I mean, it'll take some time, take a lot of time, but 
once it grows and reproduces and gets hungry enough, I think it would outcompete the algae. Unless you have, there is a type of algae I've found, and I don't think it's Blackbeard, but there is a type that will adhere to the water sprite right where the roots touch the stems, and it'll glob on right there, and then it'll just kind of grow out there and, and suffocate even water sprite. So if that's the case, maybe you would need something that is rooted. But fast-growing plant, I think, might be an option. I know it's not the best option, but it's the one that I can think of. Mountaintop Puffer Keeper explaining why he's thinking of going PVC with acrylic. I like the look I can get with PVC sheet, but more so I like the weight. Ah, it will be replacing the rack tanks, and this broken army vet feels it above a glass 40 breeder. Okay, Mountaintop, that makes sense. So just, they're lighter, so they're going to be easy for you to schlep around. Got it. Paul Soltero, the good day at auction was nuts. Yes, the ALA, the American Library Association at, at the Triple Crown did a good day at auction. And um, I was in another talk at the time. I knew I wouldn't be purchasing anything on this trip, so I didn't go to the auctions, but I heard it was quite the, quite the event. <laughs> I, I would love to get some more good dayads, but most of them need water temperatures that I can't provide. Orange cones, I'm almost blind. Do I need to move to Mexico and live in a cave? <laughs> After a few generations, we have white cones. Because <laughs> all those cavefish bleach out. Ryan Hoke, I'm really impressed with the anchor cat I got from you. He's so much fun to watch, even though he doesn't do much. He's just a cool cat when he comes out. Yeah, they're, they're very interesting. They remind me of... You know, we know banjo cats and we know chaka cats and stuff like that. So they remind me of something like that, but, but in a palatable size, they're smaller. And when you, I find that when I put, if I put in frozen bloodworms or something they really like, they'll come out even during the day and they'll cruise around and eat. I'm glad you like them, Ryan. They're, I mean, there's nothing quite like them, right? They're, they're a very unique fish. And for folks that haven't tried them, we do have some for sale. Oh, I did want to mention this. Um, Bob Steenfot is one of our affiliates and he's done a lot to help our channel. He's done a lot to support our business and things. So if you are planning on purchasing from dancefish.com and if you like Bob or you know find his streams entertaining or if he's done anything for you or you've learned anything from his videos over the years or whatever and you want to support him, if, if you go to his channel there's an affiliate link there. If you click that, he'll get a little cut of the proceeds from your order. So. You can help us and help Bob out at the same time. I, he's done so much for us that, that I just, even though it costs us some money, I would encourage people to uh, click on his affiliate link before they order if they like Bob and know Bob. Um, if you've never seen Bob's stuff, you don't know what I'm talking about. But most of us know who Bob is. Bob Steenpot. Blind cave mollies are new to me, says Mountaintop. I've never been able to get live bears to last up here. I've always wondered if it's altitude impacting females more than it does egg layers somehow. I don't know. Um, I do know that... So I went to several talks on live bears, and you know, most of them live in the lowlands, or if they do live in the mountains, they're not super high up in the mountains. It didn't seem from what, from what I was seeing. So I wonder if that is a possibility. Now, I'm, I'm in by no means a library expert, so I, I could be off base on that, but it seemed like most of them 
or down in the floodplains by the ocean. And then they do go up into the mountains, but not super high. I gotta wet my whistle. It's already eight o'clock. Man, that hour is flown by. So for those just joining us, we are hiring here at dancefish.com. So if you wanna work with us, um, we have two positions. One is a content creator to help us make videos and uh, our newsletter and other content for social media. And the other is a fish happiness associate, someone who reports to Mandy, our chief fish happiness officer, and helps with the maintenance of the aquariums, the care of the fish, and to make sure that all the fish are shipped according to our high standards so they get to our customers in good shape. So if you like working with fish, we have two amazing opportunities. And, uh, and the pay ain't super high, but it's more than I make. Thank you very much. <laughs> Okay. Kitty Curl, will you at some point sell live food culture, scuds, Daphne, etc.? Maybe. I, I used to sell some scuds and things. The problem I've run into is I need more than I can produce at the moment. So all the scuds that we can produce are spoken for. We have a colony of pipefish that are breeding for us. So we have a whole bunch of baby pipefish we have to raise and, along with their parents, keep them all healthy. Uh, anytime we get in wild puffers or puffers that aren't used to eating uh, American foods, <laughs> American hobbyist foods, we often start those on scuds. So when puffers first come in, they're, they're often reluctant to eat, but they can't, they can't help it if it's a scud. Like if it's a scud, they've got to eat it. They're just, they're too tempting for them. So they're the first food we use oftentimes for puffers when they come in. Um, and there's several other species of fish that we use them for too. So it's a tool that we have in our toolbox to help our fish settle in and get fat and sassy. And uh, we just don't produce enough to be able to sell them right now. At some point, if we have more than we need, we might sell them, but I don't think we'll ever, I, I wouldn't say ever. Right now, there are no plans to like produce live foods just for sale. I just, uh, there's too much going on just keeping up with what we have happening at the moment. ABC Aquatic Biotope Creations, what North American natives do you sell? Right now we just have, I believe the one, just Rainbow Shiners right now. Um, I have kept and bred lots of North American natives though. I, I like the darters quite a bit. I've, I like fiery black shiners a ton. I like crimson shiners a ton. Or is it scarlet? I always get crimson and scarlet confused. There's, I like Fundalus catenatus. There was a, a time in my hobby when, when natives was my focus, and I really like them. But again, our, our water here is fairly warm. We keep it at about 78, 79 degrees, and that's just, you know, year round. That's, that's not fair to most natives. The Rainbow Shiners, though, they don't mind it, and uh, we usually sell through them within a few weeks, so it's not like they're missing their seasonality here. Live feeding ASMR is, is it the Lacey Act? Is what the Lacey Act? Um, I, is that in reference to the CITES permits? No, the Lacey Act's completely different. Some good news on that, by the way, I, I was able to uh, talk with Bob from PJAC at the conference. Uh, we had Bob on a live stream a few months ago when the Lacey Act 
was first coming out and there was a lot of misinformation we had Bob on to uh, clarify things and give us information from a source that knows. And I was able to catch up with Bob uh, this last week in Louisville and found out a couple really good things. Number one is that the American Competes Act, uh, which just a brief history. During COVID, we found out that we are not a uh, self-reliant nation. And there's, you know, different chips that need to be in all of our electronics that we can't get a hold of. There's uh, semiconductors. There's all kinds of things that we couldn't get because we don't produce them here in the United States. So our, our government officials decided to do something about that and introduced a bill called, uh, I think it was called, oh, I forget what it was first called, but it eventually became, I think, the Competes Act. And the purpose of it was to... Uh, make it so we're self-sufficient on some of these things, the ability to manufacture chips and some semiconductor stuff, things like that. Well, there was a whole bunch of pork that got stuck to this thing, thousands of pages worth. <laughs> not thousands, but like a thousand pages maybe would not be an exaggeration worth of stuff that got stuck to this in the hopes that it would pass and bring those other bills along on its tailcoats. Um, now what's happened is that bill has been separated out the stuff that's more or less the way Bob explained it and I haven't read the latest bill I haven't had time I read the original but I haven't read the latest the way Bob explained it is that the chips act stuff the stuff relevant to uh, constructing chips and semiconductors and all that has been separated from all that pork and is moving on and is likely to pass because everyone wants that so that looks like that's going through all the pork that's been separated out from that which is was the America Competes Act, uh, more or less. Bob says that when the CHIPS Act passes, this will probably just die because the whole impetus for it is gone now, which was the CHIPS stuff, which is separated. So it's very likely that the Lacey Act uh, additions are not going to go through. Um, as I understand it, the Lacey Act additions are no longer even in that pile of pork that's left over. As far as I if, I, if I understood the conversation, there's always a chance that I misunderstand something, right? But from what I understood, it's not the language is gone completely. So, so this round, it looks like, goes to us. It looks like the Lacey Act is, is no longer a thing that's going to happen this time around. However, this is not stuff that's going away. There are a lot of activists out there that think that we should not keep fish or anything. <laughs> I... I know people that think we shouldn't keep dogs and cats. I know people that, anyway, there, there's a whole group of folks that think that what we do is evil. And uh, they're going to keep pushing for legislation that uh, makes it so that we can't do what we love to do. So I think we won this round, but it's going to come back. It's going to come back over and over again. And we're going to have to learn how to play this game or we're gonna be eventually regulated out of our hobby and I will be out of a job. Now, I think that's a ways down the line, but it is something that we're gonna have to be vigilant about for sure. It's not going away. Okay, I'm scrolling up because chat jumped so hard. Wow, chat really jumped. The next one I can see is from Mike Standby who says, I will take some video of my Centeniensis and upload them uh, to my YouTube channel. Awesome, Mike. Please let me know when you did that. And uh, if you wouldn't mind reaching out to me, 
uh, maybe send me a link, dan at dancefish.com. That would be great. And if you could send me also a, the best thing would be a still photo where the second dorsal fin is raised and in focus because I've got to count the soft rays on the second dorsal fin. Basically, anything 10 rays and below is centeniensis. Anything above 10 soft dorsal rays on the second dorsal is a fasciatus. But yeah, the video would help too, so I can just see the size, the length of the uh, second dorsal. Sims Aquatics and Hobbies, put me on the list for those beautiful fish. I'd love a chance to breed them. Yeah, I'm, yes. <laughs> I agree. Live feeding, anything interesting you know about the L46 zebras? I have a small colony trying to breed them. There's lots of folks in the chat that have more experience with L46 than I do. So anyone in the chat, if you've bred that fish, or have any uh, words of wisdom for ASMR, please uh, please feel free to, to leave that. For me, I just, I give them hiding spots. I give them really clean water with good current and I feed them a lot. That's, that's kind of what I do. I do put wood in the tank. I know they're not a wood eater, but I've seen uh, lots of hypencystris chewing on wood till you get little piles of chewed up wood. Even though they're really well fed, I just think it's something that can that they enjoy doing occasionally. Not all hypencystris do it, but I've got wood in all their tanks anyway. So, yeah, I don't think I do anything special though. I just keep the water clean um, and, and good flow. They, they like a lot of movement. Where they come from, it's very high flow. Good oxygenation. Dragon Layer, any chance you'll find the new blue tetrahyco blair found in the Peruvian Amazon? There is a chance, but probably not until... Since there isn't any like infrastructure set up in that location to collect that fish, it's probably going to take Heiko uh, giving that fish to a fish breeder and getting it distributed uh, before I will be able to find them. And also, knowing what the scientific name is so that I can know it when I see it. There's lots of tetras coming in and out of the lists and lots of them are blue but like I don't know in the last several years I think there's probably 10 really nice blue tetras that have uh, started showing up but I don't know which one that one is unless I know it, the name or the location code or some way to track it down. It was a cool little tetra though and, I mean, I could reach out and find out. It just I'll add it to the list, right? <laughs> There's a lot to do. Ryan Hoke, I'm going to have a dozen orange dwarf crayfish to get out into the world. Are they something you deal in? I don't do crayfish, not because I don't want to, just because I haven't been able to research them and really find out about them yet. Um, this, I'm not able to do that at this time. But, Ryan, if you, if you post them for sale at getgills.com, uh, anyone can sell fish at getgills.com. If you go there, sign up, you can create a store, and you can list those for sale. Uh, and it doesn't cost you anything unless you sell the fish. If you make a sale, then there's a little commission the website takes so that it can pay its bills and, and keep running. But uh, there's no upfront fees or anything like that. Getgills.com if you want to sell those. I don't even know if they're uh, legal in, in my state either, so I'd have to check into stuff like that. 
Deb Hall D. What about the little fish that do manicures? Do you want some? If you do, Deb Hall D, send me an email in the next couple days and I can probably get you some. Pedicure fish. I think that one's Gara Rufa. I think that's the scientific name. But if you're serious about that, um, let us know in the next couple days, and we can save you some. Uh, most of that group's spoken for, but if you want a group of them, let us know. Paul Soltero, SAA is too big for the pea puffers to screw with. Probably, and, and pretty fast as well, so they probably, they might be okay. Although if they're just sitting there chilling on a log and a little pea puffer's like, that looks like a good fin or eyeball, you know, I, anything's possible. Those little murder beans, I wouldn't put anything past them. <laughs> But yeah, I mean, pea puffers and uh, SAEs, more likely to work than lots of other things, probably. Curl Kitty, I think peroxide... Oh, sorry, that was Kelly Foreman to Curl Kitty, not to me. <laughs> Rick500, it was good to see you the other day. You too, I wish we'd had more time, but uh, it's good to run into you. <laughs> we'll catch up another time. Next time you're on your way to Yellowstone, just stop by. Survival of the fishiest. My L471 and Annie A. Gobies are amazing. Thank you. You're welcome. I'm glad you like them. Uh, and I'm, I'm glad they're doing well for you. Yeah, the Annie A. Gobies, they're rough to show their true beauty because cameras don't want to... So the Annie A. Gobies tiny. It's only about an inch or so. And it's got a lot of amazing detail on it. Intricate, like, lace work colored blues and reds detail on it. Cameras have a rough time picking that up on such a small fish, but in person, especially after they settle in and color up, Annie are beautiful fish. Maybe, I don't know if they're the most beautiful freshwater goby out there, but they're in the running. They're absolutely beautiful. Regina Phalanges, my Mappa Red Angels that I got from you laid eggs. Yes! <laughs> Again! They're in a community tank so the eggs don't last long. Yeah, caviar all around, right? Eggs are just good fish food. But good. I'm glad to hear that. Bunny Viper, will you be attending the Clash? Reminds me of a song. <laughs> I always think of the band when I hear the Clash. So Keystone Clash, I wish, but um, things are going crazy here. I felt really guilty the whole time I was at the Triple Crown because sales are off the hook here and the team had to pack all those fish without me and I felt really bad about that but um, I had made that commitment months ago so you know I kind of had to go and I'm glad I did it was an amazing event don't get me wrong but I can't ditch the team again until we get more help and um, are able to take a little bit off everyone's shoulders uh, I can't be traveling again. Yeah, got to make some hires first. It's a great problem to have, right? When you're so busy just trying to fulfill all your orders that you can't even travel. I'm not complaining. <laughs> not complaining at all. You know, it's much better than the opposite problem for a new business. John Snow Radio. Would love to know more about the Geophagus Megasema. Me as well, but I don't know much about them. It's the first time I've ever had them. Right now, they're still small. Somewhere in the two to maybe three. Are those ones three inches? Anyway, they're small enough that they're not really showing any color or anything um, besides the juvenile colors. So um, 
they're acting like every other geophagus I've ever had, but I don't know much more about them. I'm new to that fish, John Snow Radio. Someone here, if you've kept a geophagus megasema, um, would you chime in and tag John Snow Radio and give them some some info, give them the down low on that fish? That would be greatly appreciated. All right, it's been 15 minutes, so I'm going to say it again. If you're just joining us, we are hiring at Dan's Fish. If you want to find out about the positions, go to dancefish.com, and on the top of the website, you'll see a place you can click for descriptions and information about, about those jobs. Thanks to all the new members. I really appreciate you guys joining up. That's amazing to me. Thanks. Much appreciated. Carmos Creations, thanks for becoming a member. And the Animal Cracker, have you ever sold mascara barbs? They're hard to find. Nope, I've never sold them. They are hard to find. Indeed. Now, I've, I have sources for them, and I could get them from time to time, but I've never find them, found them at a price that makes sense. They're so expensive that I think they priced my market out, so I, didn't, I never jumped on it. That happens sometimes where... Like, like there's fish I, I want to bring in, but... You know, everyone says they want something until they have to pay the price, right? So <laughs> I'm, I'm reticent to bring in too many fish that I'm not sure if the market will bear at one time. I do a few, though. Every, you know, every order I try to bring in a couple things that, that kind of are highly desirable but maybe kind of expensive and see if the market will bear it. And if it will, then maybe I'll do it again. Like those... Uh, the mountain grunters, um, those guys have sold, so maybe I'll be able to get some again and uh, see see if I can sell another round of them because they're super cool. Isaac Cornstubble, I'm looking to order about ten Borelli from you for future breeding. Where did that batch come from, and are they sexy not well? So um, the batch came from a breeder I've been working with for years. Um, same person I get my rainbow fish from, same person I get my plecos from, same person I get my aquarium, most of my aquarium bred Corydoras from, um, someone I, I know well and have known of for a long, long time. So um, I think it's a good, a good breeder. Now they're not sexy now, they're, they're very small. They're still under an inch. I'm gonna say half inch to three quarters of an inch. So no idea what the sexes are. But healthy as horses, they're doing great. Why do we say that? Are horses healthier than your average animal? <laughs> ABC, Aquatic Biotope Creations. Oh, I already did that one about uh, native North American native fish for sale. Anyone wants to see a really in-depth look at Dan's fish, check out Steenfot Aquatics' latest video. Yes, Bob Steenfot at Steenfot Aquatics just released a tour, uh, a full tour of everything we had in here as of a week or a week and a half ago. So pretty much what we have here right now. Um, he's showing you stuff that I haven't been able to make a video of yet, so if you want to see the latest and greatest, plus he did a good job. He took a lot of B-roll, and uh, so get a good look at, a better look at a lot of the fish than I do, because I never do B-roll. I just do a quick glary glimpse <laughs> and move to the next tank. And uh, I am the glare king when it comes to videography. Seenfot did a better job. Kind all night. Well, wild bettas eat a colony of cherry shrimp 
If so, is there a way to prevent total annihilation of cherry shrimp? So, um, yes and maybe. So wild bettas will definitely eat cherry shrimp. If you get really small ones like cochina or uh, minopina, if I'm saying that right, I don't think that they would get big enough that they would necessarily eat all the adults. They'll pick off babies, and if, if an adult is in molt, they'll eat that as well. But I think if you went with the L.R. Brett's method and put like a, a pile of round river rocks in a corner or something like that, where the shrimp can get away, and if the shrimp were introduced first and given time to get to know their environment and get to know their rock pile and all that, and then introduced your beta cochina or beta minopina or whatever, it's ones that don't get too big of a mouth when they grow up, then I think you've got a shot. I don't think it's guaranteed, but I think you might be able to keep enough shrimp alive in there that the colony keeps replicating. That being said, bettas really like yummy little shrimp. You should see the blue nose shiners my nephew collected. Oh, I love that fish. Is that Welkia Taro um Welkii Taro P T E R uh, what is this? Blue I don't know if Let's take a field trip, everyone. This is a fish worth looking at. I don't know if it'll show up without a scientific name. Oh it does. Teronotropus Welkii. Okay, get a load of this. This is one of the prettiest North American native fish ever. Look at this thing. It comes from the headwaters of a spring where the water's super clean and clear, very limited range. And uh, look at these nice fins, these sparkles, that blue nose. This is on the uh, this is on the bucket list for a lot of us people that like Native American fish. Ooh, look at that one. Look at that picture of two males sparring. A fish that is never going to be widespread, and at some point, unfortunately, this looks like a male and a couple females, um, at some point, because of its limited range and stuff, might might very well go extinct. Um, but, yeah, this is one that... If I ever got in the natives again and, and had a breeding setup where I could do the seasonal changes and everything that they need, that would be number one on my list. That is a fish that I have admired for years, from afar. <laughs> Tell your, your nephew he's a lucky man and I'm super jealous. Speaking of rainbow shiners, mine still haven't colored up. I've had them for a while now. I was hoping for the summer warm weather to set them off. I feed live and frozen baby shrimp. Um, are you at least seeing any like blue spangles up on the upper back, anything like that? Hopefully you are. I mean, I don't know the sex ratio that we were sent because often they're too small to really sex. And if they haven't gone through the cold period and just warmed up, they aren't really fired up. So, um, I don't know, hopefully they just need a cold period. And then would, uh... so typically, a lot of our native fish, including that one, at temperatures below 65 degrees, they, they're kind of muted. And then when the temperature hits 65 degrees or slightly over, they start going into spawning condition. So if they haven't been cooled down to below 65 degrees and then heated back up to above 65 degrees, you might miss the entire transition. 
But that being said, I mean, there's always the possibility that we had all females and didn't know it. The, and until they color up, I, I don't always know what they are, sex-wise. I mean, I'd hope that our suppliers sent us both sexes, but they might not know either if they're in the off-season and they aren't colored up. But if you see a, a few blue kind of flecky spangles that are like little pieces of glitter um, on the upper back, it's a good chance that's a male. Sometimes on the uh, pectoral fins as well, it's a little blue highlight. Jason Ling, guys, Dance Fish has the coolest rainbows. Definitely go check out their stock list. Thanks, Jason. And I'm proud of our stock list. I, I know we have some cool stuff. I've, I have a very good connection for rainbows. Um, who's directly connected to Gary Lang and Johannes Graf and uh, Hans George Evers and things like that. So um, anytime those guys get a new rainbow fish, I'm usually able to get it within a year or two after once, once my suppliers had a chance to raise a colony and get them going. So yeah, we have a Lengaroo, which was also featured in the Amazonas magazine recently. And yeah, just thanks, Jason. I'm, I'm thanks for the shout out. And I agree. I just I love seeing all the different rainbows. Oh, we have the red form of the Chilothrina um, Alani Wapoga, and I finally so I'd never heard of this fish, but my breeder had something. He had the Chilothrina Alani Wapoga, and then he had that in a red form. I didn't know what that was, but I was like, sounds cool, so I got some, and I'm glad I did, because something else I, heard, I learned from Johannes Graf while I was at the uh, ANGFA lectures and presentations was that Johann has, Johannes has been able to develop a red strain of that fish, and that's and he gave some of those to my breeder, and that's what I have. So the red form Chilothrina alani wapoga that I have uh, came from Johannes and were collected by him and developed by him. What he told me is that a very, very small percentage, let me see if there's a picture of them online. I don't think there is. Uh, he had some in his slideshow um, on the presentation he gave. Let's see. But a very small percentage of the Alani Wapogas have red up on their back. It's like a redback rainbow fish. Or, I'm sorry, a redback angel fish, if you will. I don't see any pictures of it. So they just have more red than your average Alani Wapoga. And especially in the, in the pictures in the slide he was showing, it's kind of up on the back where you would think of an, uh, an angel fish sporting that kind of red back or red shoulder-ish thing. So, um, so yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a real thing that Johannes selectively bred for. A very small number of the wild fish have those. And by the way, I don't know if they're gonna breed true, um, but they're cool. <laughs> Paul Soltero, especially with field agents who play stupid when you present them with facts. I think we were talking about the whole uh, CITES permit thing or something back then, yeah. Oh yeah, introducing one element can provide many points of error, yes. <laughs> Did you see the Gadeid with bright blue eyes in the live bear show? Oh, I saw lots of Gadeids, Dragon Layer, I'm not sure which ones exactly. 
um, I saw, sorry, was one the blue-eyed Gadead? Hang on, real quick. I, I did take some pictures of some of these fish, and there was one I think that was called the blue-eyed Gadead, which I, if that's the one, then I will be posting a picture of it on Instagram at some point. Let me just look here real quick since you asked. Sorry, folks, I'll be quick. I know this is bad TV right now, just watching me scroll on my phone. But as soon as I'm done, we'll do the giveaway. So that'll get you through this commercial break. <laughs> nah, it's not really a commercial, but okay, there it is. Um, hang on. What's this called? Mm, no. it's the, the one I took a picture of is called uh, Xenophorus. Captivus. Let's let's just show you real quick. I don't know if this is the one you're referring to. Probably not. Probably not gonna not gonna get that lucky, but but you never know. Okay, just a moment. So it's this fish. Is this the one you were talking about? I don't know if this is the one you're talking about or not. It does have blue eyes, but not necessarily that bright of blue. And it only looks blue in some pictures. So we're probably striking out here, but I took a picture of that one and a few others. The Black Prince, I forget the scientific, Audax, is that the name of it? I can't remember. Um, anyway, we're going to get to the giveaway, but before we do, I just want to thank the last members that rolled in. I think I already got Karma's Creations, Keith746N. Thank you so much. And thanks to Bob Kaler for throwing down Pippi Longstocking cheerleader style. <laughs> Appreciate it. Kaler's Aquatics and Exotics, as always. Thanks for the continued support. Great to have you around, my friend. Okay. We're going to draw the giveaway for those uh, Tiny Candy. Tiny Akara Candidi. 176 eligible entries. And the winner is... Stephanie D. Stephanie D, you have won. You have two minutes to chime in. Let us know you're here and claim your winnings. While we're waiting on you, we're going to get to... I have to get off that screener. It's so bright. See that difference in my face? Here, watch. Boom, bright. <laughs> anyway, the next... While we're waiting... There's word out that there's some trout gadaids in a summer tub. I'm hopeful that you'll be selling them again soon. Oh, I hope so. If I can source any of those, if anyone here is breeding or has some trout gadaids uh, that I could buy, I would love to. Or any other gadaid that is tolerant of temperatures up at about 79, 78 to 80 degrees, let's say. Most can't, but those could. Tequila Sunrise probably could. Um, Mecha Splendens might be able to. Like, there's a few good days that can take it warmer, but but most not. <laughs> Bow Wow, can I work part-time for gas, money, and info? <laughs> we can do better than that. We can actually pay you a wage. Let's see. I think that we might be... Okay. OMG, I'm here. Stephanie D, congratulations. You have won some Tiny Akara Candidi. Please send an email with your first name, last name, and mailing address to hello at dancefish.com. That's H-E-L-L-O at dancefish.com. 
www.chevyfish.com as listed by Chevyfish right there. Congratulations. Send that email and we will work out shipping with you. Thanks for playing. Thanks for being here. Appreciate you participating. I'd like to thank my moderators for doing what they do every week and making this stream run smoothly. I really appreciate you volunteering your time to make that happen. Thanks so much. Everyone that threw money on the table, thanks for the super chats. Thanks to everyone that became a member. Um, I did not expect that much of a, uh, I don't know, what, what would you call it? A, a join up? <laughs> and uh, we'll be working hard as we can between packing fish and caring for all these fish to get it get the code base built so that when we release amazing new fish like the purple sailfin um, gudgeons that are coming up soon that uh, you have first dibs as members of those fish so you don't miss out on stuff that just tends to sell out super quickly I know how frustrating it is to uh, we had one lady that I think she tried five times to get an Amazon puffer and they sold out before she could get them every time until we finally took pity on her and, and I had Johnny sent her an email say like, okay, when are you off work so we know when to release the next batch of puffers so you can at least get one? <laughs> we finally got her hooked up with a puffer, but it seriously took like five times before, you know, they just sold out so fast. So um, if you become a member, then you will get to, you will be informed of new fish for sale if they're fish we haven't listed before, haven't listed in a while, something like that. And, you know, every time we relist a Neon Tetra, we're not going to do this. But for, for cool stuff, for stuff that's been out of inventory for a long time, um, if you are a member here on the YouTube channel, if you join up, then you will have a 12-hour jump start on everyone else. So you will see the item, the fish, and be able to purchase it 12 hours before the general public, which I hope will help members get a hold of some fish that they really want Um instead of being frustrated when they sell out all the time. So it's, it's like a little assurance, a little perk. But anyway, thank you for becoming members. Really appreciate it. Thanks to everyone that left a, a question or a comment. I am thrilled when you guys do that so that we have some dialogue going back and forth and it's not just me here for an hour and a half trying to think of stuff to say without any input from you guys. That would be very difficult. So thanks for participating. Everyone lurking, hail the Lurker Nation. Everyone who is watching the replay, hello from the past, and everyone who is uh, listening to the podcast, thanks for listening, and thanks to Michael Mellier for making the podcast possible. With that, we are going to sign off. We'll be back next week, same bat time, same bat channel. Until then, I sincerely hope you have a wonderful week. Thanks, and good night.